This is an encore presentation of Friendly Fire, originally airing in October 2022. Interesting topics to kick off your weekend. Looking at the news with an eye of faith. This is Friendly Fire with Stu Kearns on the voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. Good Saturday morning. It's a Friendly Fire Saturday. Stu Kearns, your host. Glad to have you along. It is, wow, what a weekend. We went from like super cold, now it's going to be super warm, uh, but it means there's great stuff to be done. And uh, there's no Husker game. So uh, we got the full lineup of uh, Saturday programs here on KLIN. Just keep uh, keep the radio tuned in to 1499.3, and uh, you'll, you'll enjoy uh, fresh uh, talk all morning long. And then next week we're going to root those Huskers on. We'll see if they can what they can do with the Illini. Uh, it used to be that wasn't a big deal. Actually, it's a pretty big deal now. They're pretty tough. So let's see if we can hold our own. Uh, I have in studio with me today someone who I've been sharing the week with uh, because we hosted a, an event at the church. And uh, my guest today, uh, Kevin Walker, is the... Well, uh, tell me what your title is, Kevin. I'm the director of workshops. The director of workshops, which is a full-time job. It is. But not only and then you, some. And not only are you <laughs> the director of workshops, but you also have another job. Yeah, I'm associate pastor at Klein Avenue Fellowship Church in Highland, Indiana. Now that's one job is enough for most people, but you needed two. What uh, what gives? <laughs> yeah, that. Sometimes I ask myself the same question. Yes. So we're going to get into Simeon Trust and, and why we do this at Zion and then when actually some of the details of that in just a minute. But uh, first, just a little bit about you, uh, Kevin. Where did you grow up? Yeah, I grew up in Buffalo, New York, uh, till I was 18, 19, became a Christian at a Youth for Christ conference. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I still have a great affinity for Buffalo. Folks are still there. And it's the only place in the world where you can get buffalo wings. Nice. I've, I've, that's not true, but it sounds, well. The <laughs> Actual only, buffalo the wings. The legit buffalo wings. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Now, I, you tipped your hand. You said that actually there there is the place that, like, burst the buffalo wings. Correct. But there's another place that actually has better. They perfected in, the buffalo In my wings. view, yeah, there's, as you could imagine, some very hot debates about this <laughs> but my favorite place for wings in buffalo is a place called duffs duffs yeah okay now you know believe it or not just this last year i drove through buffalo i did not stop it was on a well, wide <laughs> i know <laughs> but it was we were going up to um uh, montreal sure and then over to toronto yep. so i'm thinking was it which was it was it was it it was probably on the way back into the states from toronto yeah you came back through the states unless you came back through detroit which we did not yeah so you came through buffalo on your way back okay came through buffalo it was you know i must admit i was okay truth i i i kind of thought buffalo is probably kind of an armpit you know it's just Mm. not not that great of a place but as i drove through it's like hey this is actually pretty cool They've done a lot in the last 10 or 15 years to Mm -hmm. revitalize the downtown area. Uh, Hockey is a huge thing in Buffalo. We haven't been very good at that for a long time. Is it the Sabres? Yeah, that's right, the Buffalo Sabres. Um, But there's all kinds of, like, collegiate tournaments, high Mm -hmm. school tournaments happening there. And that's drawn a lot of other kind of tourist-type stuff. And also, you know, the wings. 
And the wings. That's right. <laughs> and and the wings. And the Bills are good now, too. So oh there's goodness. a lot of reasons to go. Hey, they took down my Chiefs. Yes. So, uh, oh, there, that's your team. Oh, yeah. Oh, man, I've been looking kidding. for Chiefs fans to rub that in on. Oh, man. Yeah, no, I was, you know, see, the the Chiefs won their first Super Bowl same, in the same window of time where the Huskers won their first college football championship. Right. And so it's like, you know, it's like this is the golden era. Yeah. You know, <laughs> Len Dawson having a cigarette at halftime, you know. Oh, boy. You remember that? <laughs> you just, have you seen that picture? I don't know. That's, you need to Google that. Okay. It's it's hilarious. Okay. It's literally, this is like the second or third Super Bowl or whatever, and Len Dawson during halftime is smoking a cigarette. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so maybe I do like vaguely recollect this thing. but you, If you've seen it once, okay. you, like, you can't forget it. It's Great. just It's just absurd, but it's hilarious. So, uh, and then... So that's pretty close to that. That's not terribly far from Niagara Falls, is About it? 20 minutes. Oh, okay. Yeah, right in the backyard. Wow. I mean, you know, it's funny. When you're really near stuff, sometimes you don't see it as much as people who come a long distance. Did you ever get much often to Oh, to yeah. Falls? We went to Niagara Falls all the time. Okay. Uh, so that was like in high school. It was a great first date Ooh. because it's, uh, you know, there was cool restaurants and stuff up there. Uh-huh. And Buffalo is an interesting place, though. Canada is not north. Mm-hmm. It's west. Yes. Which is kind of a weird thing. But, yeah, 20 That's minutes, kind of we'd go. You could, There's cool restaurants. You walk by the mm-hmm. falls, which is beautiful. Yeah. The American side is a little less developed, but has more nature and parks kind of stuff. So depending mm-hmm. on what you like to do, the American side can we, be quite we nice. We were on the Canadian side. Yeah. Which it is a pretty good view there. Is yeah. the view is good from the American side? So if you walk out, there's an island in the middle called yeah. Goat Island where you can actually see both falls. And it's a different view. Yeah, I mean, from the Canadian side, you get a really kind of full panoramic view of both. Mm -hmm. The American side, you're just a lot closer. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Well, maybe, okay, that's, we we were on that side, so we didn't, like, have a lot of fuss and trouble about that. The other thing about, I noticed about all those cities up there, it's easy when you're, okay, Nebraska is probably literally the most landlocked (laughs) state in the Mm -hmm. Union, I think. And so the idea of getting to large bodies of water, mm. and you forget about the Great Lakes and all these port cities out yeah. there. So, I mean, technically, I mean, Buffalo is a port city, right? Yep. Yeah, it's on uh, the very eastern end of Lake Erie, mm-hmm. but then it's still only about 45 minutes north up to Lake Ontario. Mm. So I grew up fishing in both lakes, boating, doing all that stuff. There's the Finger Lakes in the middle of the state. Uh, which are great for vacations, camping, all that mm-hmm, stuff. Mm-hmm. Beautiful area. The the Finger Lakes. Yeah, that's right. That's uh, it's, it's funny. They're uh, for those who watch Saturday Night Live. They do a spoof of uh, Lawrence Welk, where he always jokes about this group of of singing sisters who are from the Finger Lakes. Oh, right. So <laughs> well, but, that's where it is. But but it is a pretty. It's a real area. Yep. It's very pretty. Yeah, yeah, it is. Oh, that's great. That's great. So how did you work your way to? How did you land in Chicago? Yeah. Uh, after becoming a Christian through like a Youth for Christ ministry early in college, mm-hmm. um, felt through kind of a pastor's encouragement called towards ministry. He said, hey, you should check out Moody Bible Institute. And I said, OK, what's that? Moved to Chicago. I'd never been that far west before and I'd never been to a big city before. Mm-hmm. So let me just pause for a minute. Grew up in New York State. I didn't get to New York City until I was 34. Wow. People just think like New York is New York, but I was seven hours from yeah. New York City being in Buffalo. Mm. So that was a weird thing. Yeah. Land in Chicago, um, 
and started interning at a church there called Holy Trinity Church with a few pastors, David Helm, mm-hmm. uh, David Kamara, John Dennis, and just really was transformative in my view of pastoral ministry, preaching, mm-hmm. that kind of thing. So just kind of some relational connections there. Mm-hmm. Uh, then we were out of Chicago for about 10 years, from about 2006 until 2016, reconnected with uh, Dave Helm and some other guys who were part of the Simeon Trust and uh, said, hey, I'm, I'm looking for work. What do you got? <laughs> and uh, was graciously invited to, to join the team in 2016. And uh, I haven't been able to escape since. So it's six, six years. Yeah. And then uh, and how long have you been with the uh, church as an associate? Yeah, that's, been, that's coming up on two years. Okay. Okay. But the, so the, when we say Simeon Trust, let's just back up a little bit. Who, who the heck is Charles Simeon and why does he have a trust? Yeah. The, <laughs> there are people who could give better answers to that. But yeah. most importantly, he was an 18th century preacher in England who was committed to preaching what was in the text in the text of the Bible. He was just careful to not go off on rabbit trails or just preach doctrines, but to try to make the point of his sermons the point of a biblical passage. Mm. And so uh, the Simeon Trust is named after him, as it's our kind of aim to help train other preachers and Bible teachers to teach the Bible in a similar mm-hmm. way. And there's a, so there's the, the Simeon Trust in the States, but is, it, is there a different name in the U.K.? So there is a group in the UK that's called Simeon's Trust, which I don't know a whole lot about. Mm-hmm. I do know that we have to carefully refer to ourselves as the Charles Simeon Trust <laughs> in the United States for the sake of the copyright stuff. Yes. Well, I and uh, having knowing that there are a lot of other Zion churches out there, yeah. you know, you, you, you learn to distinguish yourself yeah, right. uh, one way or another, you're going to infringe on copyright. All right. Well, we need to take our first break. When we come back, uh, I want our listeners to understand. We, so, so Zion dedicated a week to this. We think it's really important. You've dedicated your your ministry, your life to this, and so I want to understand what this is and 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 uh, the benefits that we. Well, I mean, there are whatever forty seven pastors there from this region mm-hmm. who've said I'm going to commit uh, three days right. to uh, uh, to to becoming a better preacher. Yep. That's a big deal. It sure is. Absolutely. So we're going we're gonna to talk about that a little bit. It's a Friendly Fire Saturday. Uh, good to have Kevin Walker here. He's with the Simeon Trust. And uh, glad to have you along. It's a Friendly Fire Saturday here on 1499.3 KLIN. Spin your passion into a business with Shopify and break sales records with the world's best converting checkout. Let's hear that one more time. The world's best converting checkout. Shopify's legendary checkout makes it easier for customers to shop on your website, across social media, and everywhere in between. Now that's music to your ears. Any way you spin it, you can be a smash hit with Shopify. Start your dollar a month trial today at shopify.com slash records. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Auto Parts. Keeping the topics lively. 
the conversation civil. This is Friendly Fire with Stu Kurtz on the Voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. We are back. It's Friendly Fire Saturday. Uh, talking with Kevin Walker here from the uh, Simeon Trust. And we, we just held this past week a seminar at uh, Zion. And uh, and by the way, these seminars, how many seminars are there in the course of a year in the States? Uh, in the States will be 45 to 50 this year. Globally, we have about 142 planned. Wow. Yeah. So what parts of the globe uh, other than... Are, what what continents are you in? <laughs> I think we're not in Australia, and okay. we're not in Antarctica. Mm-hmm. Other than that, I think we've got something everywhere. <laughs> That's awesome. There, uh, one of the things about this, so uh, a lot of pastors go to preaching conferences or mm-hmm. biblical conferences or something like that, and and a lot of us go to conferences. But this is not a this is not strictly a conference. It's a workshop. What's the difference? Correct. Oh, and we're very careful about the language. Even calling it a <laughs> seminar is a little bit risky. Yeah, that's right. Uh, definitely not a conference. Uh, it's a workshop. And the hope is that it's not just coming to be a consumer, although there are very helpful conferences where that can and should happen. Mm-hmm. Ours is hoping to make a different kind of contribution where pastors and regular Bible teachers are bringing work that they've prepared using skills and strategies they already have in hand with the hope of working with local peers to make progress, to get a little bit better at what they do, that they can better serve the congregations where they are. Mm-hmm. The, uh, and so make progress. What are uh, So these are guys who are already preaching and teaching the Bible. Yep. I think, was it about half of the guys who are like the main preachers in their churches? Yeah, so we're hoping that at least half of the participants at a workshop are the lead pastors or the regular preachers mm-hmm. in a church. Maybe other guys would be great or guys who are not quite lead pastors, but aspiring maybe or training for a yeah. pastoral call. Yeah. Now, uh, as, a, as a pastor who's been doing this for a really long time, uh, just the truth is that we don't get critiqued very much. Right. I mean, we get, you know, we get criticized once in a while or we get yeah. comments. But <laughs> but in terms of a con- constructive critique from somebody who actually kind of knows about preaching and, and public speaking and so forth, it's, it's pretty rare. Right. Um, how, as you, as you go to the, as you do these workshops, um, uh, are the pastors kind of uh, receptive to that? They're looking for input, or is it kind of new to them? And they kind of brace a little bit when they're when they're uh, in a, in a workshop and they're maybe being say, "Hey, do you, have you thought about this?" Yeah, I think it's a little bit of both uh, yeah. because it's such a new thing, and mostly what we're used to hearing is. Uh, you know, one of the wonderful grandmas at the church will <laughs> shake your hand on the way out and say, you know, nice sermon, pastor. Like, yeah. it really encouraged me. And yeah. those are great. And I love yeah. getting those. Yeah. We have folks at our church that will say that to me. Mm-hmm. But I also know myself in my own sermons. Like, I've had to listen to myself preach on recording. Yeah. And so I know there's areas where I can improve. And so when we're sitting down with pastors, we're just like, look, are you the best preacher that you could be? And most guys, I don't know that I've met anybody yet who has said, yes, I am the best I can be. Most are like, no, I know I can improve, but I just don't know how. I don't don't have an avenue or an opportunity. And so that's where actually sitting around a table where it's not just critique even, but it's feedback in such a way. Like, oh, I see you did this. Why, Why did you do it like that? 
And so even longtime pastors who are very good preachers might be like, huh, I, I guess I never thought about why I did it like that. Mm-hmm. And there's other alternatives, things like that. So introducing new strategies, skills, or just becoming aware of what we have been doing. Yes. That's uh, one of the one of the core illustrations there or, or, or principles there is just becoming more conscious mm-hmm. of what we're doing and why we're doing it and right. how we're doing it and right. so forth. Um, uh, do you, you, you used a term to describe somebody who just naturally knows how to do this and, and really couldn't explain it to anybody else. You described them as kind of a unicorn. Yeah, right. <laughs> what so, did you mean by that? Yeah, so that's the, the person who is unconsciously competent. Mm-hmm. These are guys who are just amazing preachers. They can just look at the Bible uh, and the right kind of or really a primary meaning jumps out that's defensible from the passage and mm-hmm. they know how to communicate it and apply it and or streamline and all that stuff and they're just good at it but if mm-hmm. you ask them like hey how can you explain how you did that <laughs> they're like i don't know i just looked at it and saw it yeah. and so we're really thankful that those guys exist but they struggle to actually train or equip anybody else mm-hmm. because they don't know how they do what they do yeah yeah, and was, which gets back to one of the things then, so these these principles that, uh, you know, if and if a pastor went to seminary, chances are you've got some ideas of, you know, mm-hmm. somebody gave you their method of how to prepare a sermon and so forth. Yeah. But it, it can only take you so far. And uh, one of the things that you're doing then is giving principles to help look at the word that, because a lot of these people, they maybe aren't going to preach, but uh-huh. they, they'll teach the Bible or sure. they want to they understand the Bible. They want to learn it. Uh, what Give me an example of one of those principles that just... Even a listener, if they were going to read their Bible today, would be a way to just get a little bit more out of it. Yeah. So one of them that we teach everywhere is structure. Mm. Now, obviously, we didn't invent like the idea <laughs> or principle of structure. Uh, this is something that literary critics and scholars have been doing for a long time. And we're just asking the question, how has the author, how did the biblical writer decide to arrange and organize what he was writing. He was writing for a reason. He was trying to make a point. So what did he say? In what order did he say it? Why did he say it like that? And like, how does that help us understand the point of what he was trying to say? Mm. So you might look for things like repeated words. We're in, we're in the book of Romans this week, Paul's mm. letter. And so you might be like, okay, why did Paul put this paragraph after? And if it's a, you know, this, therefore, that, we're like, oh, okay, I can see how this moves, and this is highlighting an important point that I should be getting out of this passage. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But there, uh, and the Bible is such a big book, uh, there are different uh, kinds of literature in the Bible. Yeah. And uh, so we're in, in probably the... I know everyone thinks it's maybe the easiest to understand because it's, you know, they're <laughs> the, the, uh, Paul's letters, you know, are kind of more in the way that we think and speak and talk. And, and we think, especially when it comes to poetry, uh, that it's, it's a lot more mysterious and the yeah. Bible has a, a ton of poetry in it. Right. right. But there's a different workshop for that. Yeah, that's right. And then, then the last one last year was on the book of revelation. Oh yeah. And, uh, which also it has, you know, Revelation's got poetry and, and, and the apocalyptic language and all that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. So how many of these do you have to go to to kind of uh, well, to get fixed? <laughs> <laughs> uh, there's no – we haven't found a number for that yet. <laughs> uh, 
I've been to a lot of them, and the goal is not for me to get fixed, but to get a little bit better at each one every time. So just this year, I'll be at, Lord willing, seven different workshops on five different genres. Mm. And I've been to a workshop on all these genres before, and every time I come back. So even just last week, I was doing one in the Albany, New York area Mm -hmm. on Romans. Mm. And so even today, I was getting better and handling epistles and thinking about Romans just by repeating. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, there's, you, we never stop learning. Yeah. There, now, this, this one time, in particular going through Romans, if you're a Christian, especially if you're a pastor, you, you think you know Romans. Mm-hmm. You know, this is that's the one book of the Bible where, you know, outline Romans, and you just start, you know, going. And that, by the way, folks, if for the, those of you who aren't in the pastor world, they actually do those kind of things. They'll actually ask those kind of questions when you're being ordained. And so those are like... <laughs> Maybe at least in the Presbyterian church. Uh, I've been in a lot of churches. They might okay. ask you to outline Romans. All right. But... Um, and so you you think, hey, I've been reading my Bible since my youth. Mm-hmm. I've been a pastor for how long? And you think, well, if there's one book of the Bible I think I know, it's Romans, right? Hmm. And the answer comes back, eh, wrong. There's there's <laughs> always more to learn. Yeah, that's right. Uh, one of my kind of influential mentor pastors, a guy named Dave Helm, mm-hmm. now the chairman of the Simeon Trust, he once described Roman to me as a 100,000-mile book. Mm. It's a book that you can drive for a long time, spend a lot of time in, and just keep getting more each time. And yeah. that's been true in my experience. Yeah, yeah. Although we have short attention spans these days, don't we? Yeah, that's <laughs> there, right. There, uh, there's a, a famous guy, if, if you're in, in Christian circles a little bit, who uh, named Martin Lloyd-Jones, who, how many years did they do through Romans? Oh, too many. I mean, it's just years and years, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and you're like... Okay, we don't do that. Yeah. Why don't we do that? Um, well, number one, we're not Martin Lloyd-Jones. Well, that's true. Yeah, that's, not even close to Martin Lloyd-Jones. Yeah. Love yeah. Martin Lloyd-Jones, by the way. I don't know that I would choose the same preaching sections as yeah. him. Um, I'm trying to look at larger passages within Romans because I want the flow of thought in my sermon to be constrained by the flow of thought in the text. So if we go too small... We can lose that kind of flow of thought because we're becoming a little too atomistic. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Need to take another break. When we get uh, back, we'll uh, talk about some of the other aspects of what Simeon Trust is doing. And who knows? We may even talk about the Buffalo Bills. Oh, yeah. Because, you know, uh, they've they've had some hard times, but mm-hmm. this this could be the year. Could be the year. It we could, say that every year. Though. Could, well, we even say that when our when the Huskers stink, we say that. Uh, who knows? <laughs> Something miraculous could happen. Yeah. It's a friendly fire Saturday here, uh, talking with Kevin Walker from the Simeon Trust, and glad to have you along. Freshen up the coffee. We're just halfway home on uh, the Voice of Lincoln, fourteen hundred ninety nine three KLIN. If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost, month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com audio. That's carshield.com audio. O'Reilly. Oh, 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 you need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. 
Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Auto Parts. Interesting topics to kick off your weekend. Looking at the news with an eye of faith. Friendly Fire with Stu Kearns. 1499.3 KLIN. Welcome back. It's Friendly Fire Saturday. Talking with Kevin Walker here from the Simeon Trust. Also, big Buffalo Bills fan. Yes. Being from the home. Oh, yeah. Of uh, North. <laughs> upstate New York. Is no, that Western New York. Western New York. Uh, okay. Western New York. What we as, differentiate. What's, what's upstate New York then? Upstate is probably Albany okay. and North. Below okay. that, you're probably downstate, and then you get in the city. Yeah. When you get to the Finger Lakes, already referenced, yes. or West, there you're probably Western New York. So that's yes. Buffalo, Rochester, Niagara Falls. All right. Very good. The um, Back to the – so the work of the Simeon Trust is to help, uh, again, pastors and Bible teachers to make progress in their ability to teach and preach the Bible. Um, and a lot of people, again, uh, if they're – the Bible it can be very intimidating. Yeah, sure. And uh, and so you just look it's, – it's big. It's, there are parts of it I'm unfamiliar with. Um, even people, you know, when they, when they're coming to church, they might fumble about, you know, they're, they don't know where a book of the Bible is mm-hmm. or something like that. And they're fumbling around. What, uh, if, if someone were just starting on this journey and they said, Hey, I, okay, I do feel like I want to know my Bible better. Yeah. I'm not ready for a Simeon Trust workshop, right. but, I, but I, I do want to know my Bible better. What would be some like one-on-one tips you'd give to people who are maybe thinking, yeah, maybe. Yeah, so a, a few things come to mind immediately. One would be just read slowly uh, and read multiple times. So if you're looking at a chapter in the Bible, uh, I would go over it more than once and just be like, okay, what's happening here? What am I observing? Uh, come back to it again the next day. Okay, what did I see here? What's different? That's new. What's, oh, yeah, I saw this yesterday. What starts to rise up? Uh, and secondly, do it with a friend. Mm. Um, reading it with a peer mm. uh, is helpful because they'll see things that you don't, and you'll see things that they don't. And if one of you, like happens to all of us, starts to go off the deep end on something weird, just like focusing in, like, hey, I see this, your friend will be there to save you from yourself. Mm. Uh, <laughs> the third thing that might be helpful is because the the Bible is written over hundreds thousand years or so uh, by a lot of people on three different continents and three languages. Uh, There's a lot of historical events that happen in it. Sometimes just getting an overview of the whole book can be helpful to know where you are in in the bits. So there are some really short, accessible books that might function like a table of contents for you. One of them is by a guy named Vaughn Roberts. He's a pastor in uh, England uh, at St. Ebbs, I think in Oxford, and he wrote a little book called God's Big Picture. This is accessible to anybody in your church. It's maybe a hundred-ish pages, and he just got like, hey, here's seven chunks of the Bible and how they fit together. And so that can be helpful just in terms of like orienting you. Like imagine if you got dropped down in Chicago, had never been there, 
Yeah. You're just like wondering where I am. Well, knowing what the main streets are and the arteries and stuff like that help you know where you are and where you're going. Yeah, yeah. So a lot of people, they start in the Bible. They start with Genesis. Hey, yeah. Well, that's interesting. That's pretty good. And they get sure. into Exodus. Well, okay, Moses. And then, they get, <laughs> and then, then, then they get a hard stop in Leviticus. <laughs> and it, gets, it gets rough. Oh, yeah. It gets rough. And then it's easy to give up. If you were, uh, if, if you were saying, okay, where would it be a place to start? What would what would be a, a couple of places you would say? Any of the Gospels are wonderful mm-hmm. places to start. Mm-hmm. Uh, these are so. This is Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. Four books right at the beginning of the New Testament that were just written for broad Christian audiences. That was just their purpose mm-hmm. to expose people to the message and ministry of Jesus for the sake of helping them know mm-hmm. how to follow Him what it looks like to live with him, to believe in him, what you're going to encounter in life as you do that. Mm-hmm. There, uh, the, the Gospels, again, uh, they have some similarities. They have some differences. Yep. Uh, do you have a favorite Gospel? Lately, Luke. Oh. Yeah. And, uh, and Mark. I mean, those two, mm-hmm. for different reasons. Luke includes some surprising stories, and Luke's all about the underdog. Mm. So being a Bills fan, already mentioned, <laughs> uh, I am an underdog guy, yes. although Bills are quickly losing their position as underdogs. I think they've already lost uh, it. Since we were favorites over the Chiefs. That's true. Um, Mark, I love because of how he tells a story. Mm. So Mark is the shortest gospel by total length, mm-hmm. but the stories he tells individually have a few more vivid details. They're they're longer. So if Matthew and Mark tell the same story, typically Mark's is longer. Mm. And he writes it in such a way that you can picture yourself sitting there. So mm. I love Mark for that reason. Yeah. Uh, now, Simeon Trust, again, their, their mission is to help preachers and teachers and uh, to present the word, uh, uh, again, faithfully and, uh, and yet clearly. Uh, as you work with uh, pastors, um, again, from all over the country, what are some of the things that you find that they struggle with the most in terms of their preaching? What are some of the, what are some of the things they say, okay, this is, I didn't know, I, I needed help with this? Right, yeah. So I think for a long time our seminaries have done a great job at helping pastors uncover information and even introducing to the important concepts of preaching. And that kind of gets us all, that was true of me, it kind of got me up and running and preaching. Mm -hmm. But I think what Simeon Trust has added for me in my preaching ministry is now helping me think through how to use that information. Mm. So uh, I have bored people to near death like (laughs) Eutychus in some of my early sermons because I was in seminary and I was learning all kinds of great, exciting stuff. And so I remember a sermon on Micah 1 that I preached, and Mm -hmm. the dear saints who listened to this 50-minute sermon describing all kinds of geographical realities in the land of Israel. Yes. But I didn't know what difference any of that information made. Mm -hmm. I just packed it all in there. And they were all very kind and said, thank you, Pastor, on the way out the door. So uh, I think as pastors, we struggle to know how to use the information well to make the point that the Bible is making. Mm -hmm. So I think that's one way is not just how to include information, but how to use the information that we're gathering. Mm. Um, 
think secondly, and this has been also an important development in my own preaching and something as an organization we're working with preachers on, is the aspect of the communication part. So we need to do two things in preaching. Not only do we need to get the text right, we're trying to get it across. Mm. And we had not had much focus on that for Mm -hmm. the better part of our history as an organization. And in the last few years, we've given some particular attention to how can we take the biblical text and and what we're trying to get across in a sermon and make it sticky, Mm. I mean, help people hold on to it, engage with it in a way that's Mm. very particular for their setting, that's personable, that's memorable, and that will have an effect in their lives. Yeah, that the word "sticky" uh, that was uh, was used a couple of times this yeah. week, and it's like I like that. Yeah, because it was uh, one illustration. Again, there are a lot of great illustrations this week, but the other speaker uh, talked about the difference between a sermon that was you know made in the microwave oh, and a yeah. sermon that was prepared in a you know for hours, long hours in a smoker. Oh yeah, you know which meal do you want? You yeah, know? that's <laughs> like, an easy one. That and that, and I'm sure our Nebraska listeners uh, can resonate with that illustration really yeah. well. Here's a piece of meat. Throw it in the microwave. No, let's put it in the smoker. <laughs> let's make it that's right. that thing rich and tasty. Oh, yeah. By the way, the Eutychus. Uh, was a guy who fell asleep during a long sermon. Yep, probably one just like mine. He, he fell out the window and died, right? Yep. And then Paul raised him up. Yeah. And so uh, we, when I was in seminary decades ago, there was a guy who, like clockwork, when we would do our sample sermons, would the minute you started your sermon, he would fall asleep. Okay. He would, he would just <laughs> right away. And and then that's okay. Okay, he's tired. Yeah. He wants to sleep. But then sure. he would always be the first one to comment oh, boy. on the sermon. And everyone's just thinking, dude, I know you were sleeping. No, he was just resting his eyes. He was in a deep state of meditation. Hey, see, that's it. That's <laughs> it. Deep state of meditation. Well, needless to say, I don't know if he knew it, but his, his nickname was Eutychus. Oh, that's great. That was, was a, oh, there goes Eutychus. But uh, so I, every congregation has a few Eutychi, don't we? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, some of them, I'm like, <laughs> I get it. You know, there are guys in our church who work overnight shifts at the steel mill. And so I'm really thankful that they made every effort to be at church. Absolutely. And if they're staying there for five or ten minutes awake and then they lose them, (laughs) it's as much my fault probably (laughs) as it is theirs. But you know what? Man, praise God that they're, like, doing everything they can. That's right. That's right. I I tell my Utakai, again, don't feel bad, but if I pound the pulpit, which I don't do very much. But if I do, <laughs> it's probably because I saw you drooping a little bit. Hey, there you, know? you go. So we'll the okay, one last break when we come back, and then we'll, uh, we're going to have a shameless plug. And then we'll also, okay, we got to talk at least a little bit of football and, uh, and sports. Uh, you know, when a guy from Buffalo is here, you got to do that. Yes, sir. It, that's right. It's a Friendly Fire Saturday. I'm talking with Kevin Walker here from Simeon Trust. Uh, glad to have you along on uh, The Voice of Lincoln, 1499.3. So, you've got an idea for a business. The store of your dreams. There's just one thing to figure out. Everything. That's why Shopify's all-in-one commerce platform makes it easy to sell online, in person, and everywhere else. Sell on social media? Source products with an app to get that first sale feeling. It's the only solution that gives you everything you need to sell everywhere you want. So when you're ready to bring your idea to life, power it up with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash listen. Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. 
bringing you local voices to break down the news of the week. Friendly Fire with Stu Kurds on the voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. Rolling right along on a Saturday morning. It's a Friendly Fire Saturday here with Kevin Walker from the Simeon Trust. And Kevin, it is the time of the program where we always do a shameless plug. So <laughs> I'm great I, at those. Well, just plug away. <laughs> yeah, so... Simeon Trust, we're help, our goal is to equip the next generation of biblical expositors. I'm guessing there's at least three kinds of people uh, listening to this show uh, who might be benefited by something that the Simeon Trust does. So first, if you're a working pastor, you're in a church, you're serving, you're preaching, and you're like, man, that idea of like getting feedback and, and learning how to get better at preaching with some local peers, if that's appealing to you, uh, check out simeontrust.org. There's a list of workshops that are probably near you since we're doing uh, so many. Uh, I'd encourage you to get there. It's a great way to meet people and make some progress in preaching. The second group of people might be guys who are considering a call to ministry, who are, are already in training for ministry. And you're like, man, I realize that I have a lot of work to do before I'm there. Uh, that'd be great to check out a residential program that we have at the uh, Simeon Trust. It's in Chicago. Uh, there's a few different formats. You can take it one, two, three years. It's called the Chicago Course on Preaching. Uh, it is maybe the most rigorous training in preaching that's residential in the U.S. You can check that out at chicagocourse.org. The third type of listener uh, maybe somebody who's a faithful Christian maybe leading a Bible study or Sunday school, or you just want to learn how to yeah read your Bible better, uh, we've got some online courses for that. So at simeontrust.org, uh, you can see we've got like a first principles course, which is like, hey, here are some basic things on how you can read your Bible better, maybe how you can teach your kids to read their Bible better. Again, Sunday school, small groups, all that kind of stuff. Those are 19 bucks cheap video-based with some work stuff, do them in a group. Yeah. Uh, lots of opportunities to, to grow and higher handle on the Word. That's awesome. I've, I've actually uh, had some women in the church who have done the online courses, and then yeah. I, I led a small group with them so we oh, could great. workshop together. And, uh, and I know that uh, they now have a, a women's workshop in Omaha. Yes, I think City Light Church hosts it. Yeah. I don't remember what time of year, but, yeah, they've had a – a good group of women showing up to be equipped to do women's ministry. It yep. sells out, I think. Oh yeah, I think very it's, quickly. I think it's full. I mean, there. That's the one thing about this because of the of the kind of work, uh, workshop it is. You know, you can't take unlimited numbers of people. Right. But I mean, we could we could always. I think the men could take a, some more. Right. But the but the women they they pretty much max out. Well, yeah, and you know what? I would be in a lot of trouble with some of my coworkers if I for forgetting to mention the women's workshop. Yeah. So yeah, yeah we do. I think we'll have twenty five women workshops this year in the U.S. and also in places like uh, Sao Paulo, Brazil, and mm. Dubai in the UAE, Cape Town, South Africa, and awesome. maybe 15 or 20 in the U.S. for women who are teaching the Bible to women, kids in their church, and who want to do Bible teaching yep. uh, and do it better. We're here to equip them as well. Absolutely. It was it was super encouraging. The uh I I found out I've got a lot of talented uh, Bible teachers. Oh, that's wonderful. And when they're when they're leading the Bible studies, it's like I'm feeling good. What a gift. Uh, yeah. Oh, it's 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 really really cool. 
All right, so the Bills. Yeah. The uh, how from from your youth, I assume that you've been a Bills fan. Were you around for their first run number of Super Bowl runs? Or was I that... was. I can remember. I was at my neighbor's house uh, when I was eight years old when Scott Norwood missed the field goal wide right Super Bowl twenty five <laughs> in Tampa. It was like oh. there was eight seconds left. This is this is a win, and I just remember like collapsing on the floor. Oh. And then it was for four years. So that was from when I was like eight years old, nine years old, ten years old. Was this old. the Marv Levy years? Oh, yeah. yeah okay. That was Marv. Yep. Um, and I just remember then the first year after four in a row, like that was just normal for me, right? This is like, those are kind of formative years growing up. So I remember the first year after they didn't make it, they lost to the Cowboys twice. Terrible. Uh, <laughs> I remember thinking, like, all right, where are we going for the Super Bowl party? And they're like, well, we're not having one. The, like, the Bills aren't in it. And I was like, what? Like, I just didn't have a category. I was just so used to, like, oh, Bills are in a Super Bowl every year. Yeah, um, yeah. So that was a real bummer. Yeah. I will point out, though, yeah. uh, we haven't won a Super Bowl, but no other team has ever been to four in a row. Oh. No other team. Think about that. As good as... You know, the name that will not be named from New England and the, that kind of famous quarterback. The, the Voldemort of, of yeah, football, <laughs> of the NFL. That's right. Probably the greatest quarterback ever. I will say that begrudgingly, but we won't say his name. Yeah. Uh, the best he ever did was three. So just think about that level, that level of continued success that the Bills had in the early 90s to yeah. go to four in a row. And the QB now uh, from Wyoming. Uh, Josh Allen. Josh Allen. I, I there was a rumor that like he even tried to get noticed by Nebraska and like Nebraska like me. So apparently this guy sent out like a thousand letters <laughs> coming out of high school to try to get oh. into some school and he got one response. Oh man! And uh, he was just I think this is what the Bills liked about him because he was pretty wrong college still. He was just like mm. a hero ball, physically gifted. Um. Mm. Anyhow, he got one back, and it was like I think Laramie, Wyoming, yeah. University of Wyoming. So small school went there, crushed, you know. And uh, when he got to the Bills, people were like, "Man, how could the Bills pick this guy?" Like there were other guys on the board, mm -hmm. but it turns out he's been him and Lamar Jackson have been the two best from that draft. Yeah, and I and I'm and as much as I think Lamar Jackson's very talented, there's no doubt that Allen is. Uh, I mean, he's 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 near the top, and he's yeah. he's, he's just really. Early in his career, right? Yeah, he's I think fifth year, but yeah, yeah. it's a, and he just seems to be a generally pretty good dude. Yeah, that I have to say that begrudgingly. I mean, I I, I almost kind of like you know, you're a Chiefs fan and they're you know the Bills, you know, but uh, but uh, yeah, he he sure seems that way. Like he's legit. Yeah, I yeah. will say though, you know, even though we can like rub it in, like you know, we beat you this past week, mm -hmm. uh, two weeks ago, I guess. Uh, you guys have beaten us when it counts. <laughs> so, you know, we still have to knock you guys off from the AFC yeah. East. 13 seconds. That's Oh, crushing. 13 seconds. I was texting a friend in Kansas City, <laughs> and uh, they sent me a text when, like, they went up with, like, a minute something left. And they're like, oh, yeah, we're, like, you're going down. I was like, oh, man, yeah, you're probably right. And the Bills went down scoring. So then I was sending everything at 13 yeah. seconds. And... They were like, oh, we're crying over here. And then Bill still lost. It was like uh, disbelief. 
Well, there there seems to be something different, and I will say Von Miller in the defensive front does not hurt. He's a game changer. That guy, you no, know, the guy is. He's been a thorn in our side at uh, Denver for a That's long right. time. That's right. Yeah, and so he's you know all these guys they want to go out on a on a high note. Uh, one minute left. Uh, yeah. Sabers, did you did you follow the Sabers? I did for a long time. Uh, we did were you ever play hockey. I played. Roller hockey. Okay. I don't ice skate very well, but I could rollerblade well enough and just stay in front of people as a defenseman and try to <laughs> knock them over. <laughs> there, uh, it's so funny. I it's easy just to forget how far north uh, Buffalo is. I mean, it's it's pretty cold up there, right? Uh, it's not as cold as Chicago because of the lake. Yeah, the lake. Um, it also just it gets a lot more snow, yeah. but it's not as cold. So I, I will say. I came from Chicago a couple days ago, mm. and it was 20 degrees when I got here. And I said, man, send me back to the, <laughs> the heat wave that's in Chicago. That's okay. You brought it with you. I guess. So you can blame me. But. A, nice, a nice toasty weekend. There you go. Yeah. Well, we're so glad you came to bless us at the conference. And, hey, great and to be here. Yeah. Appreciate your warm hospitality and great chance to be on, on the show here. Oh, it's a, well, it's a pleasure to have you. And uh, when uh, we... we We'll wish the Bills well. Oh, yeah. In spite of it. I'm glad this is recorded. That's right. I'm glad this is recorded. This is going to come back to bite you. You're going to lose a lot of viewers or listeners for that. That's right. That's right. (laughs) All right. Well, thanks for being here. Yeah. And uh, I leave you saying, as I always do, to think about it and talk about it. We'll see you next week.